You are now tuning into No One Watches Regular News, hosted by me, Kerry Bogor, and this is episode 103. Keep your Actions. And there was there was one particular thing that I knew what happened. I knew all the all the street niggas was gonna be paying attention to this battle. There's a clean neighborhood act that allows the government to come after like gang members. They're considered terrorists. And I exposed this clean neighborhood act, hoping that I'll be able to like influence people and let them know like. If you're throwing it up on camera, you're showing hammers, you're being counted. And anything that you own, all these rappers who throw up gangs and all that shit, as soon as someone you're associated with does a crime, they're sweeping you up too. It's like the new Rico. It's new, so what it is, it's the new conspiracy guidelines. And then see, that's why- Not new conspiracy guidelines. Right. Conspiracy guidelines. It's not new. The conspiracy laws always said the same thing. They said these words right here. Anything that, conspiracy works like this. Right. You can be charged with the equal amount of the person that you hang with. So you murder, I get a murder charge. You sold crack and I knew about it. Right, but here's the new thing. I get to confiscate. The government now gets to confiscate. That's Rico. Everything. Everything. That's Rico. That you own. Yeah. As a rapper. That's the Rico laws. But, but, the, but no, the Rico laws were made to catch the mafia. Mm-hmm. That y'all are running around late as an organized crime unit. Mm-hmm. It's not their fault. Mm-hmm. Because the Bloods and the Crips just got it together and they selling cracks on mm-hmm. 10 blocks. That don't make it a new law, it's been a Rico law. But but I think I think in this day and era, everybody feels like most rappers feel like they have to be associated with some sort of gang. They bitches. I am in a different level of attention. Mm-hmm. And then culturally they go on, gang, gang, gang. When I get on the record with them, I'll go, I am not gang gang. <laughs> I do not gang bang. <laughs> I am not gang gang. I do not gang bang. But play me like them pussy, I will pull up and bang. <laughs> Immediately. Because <laughs> I, I don't like Rico. I don't like conspiracy. Right. You know, give me a homicide right now. I'll take a homicide right now before you give me that. Because, look, John Gotti will walk out the courtroom successful three times until they start calling him Teflon Don homicides. And then they come with that Rico. Rico and yeah, then you 23 and 1 Marion. Yeah, it's done. <laughs> You know, it get crazy. So, like that, that those laws were designed for you not to escape them. So, in the movie American Gangster, it's a scene where Denzel Washington he uh, he's plays the character um, Frank Lucas. He's at a diner, and uh, this is the scene after he brought his cousin up from the south to help him with his business, and he's talking about um, the most important thing in business, right? That being honesty, integrity, hard work, family. And never forgetting where you came from, right? That's very important. Um, lately in the news, uh, you may have seen where Black Lives Matter has been in the news for the wrong reasons. And it's about money. So people are wondering, where is the money going? Why is the money being spent this way? Why are, why are you buying a home that's $6 million? So people are wondering what's going on. 
So with an organization, a nonprofit organization like BLM, it's a business. It, it, it operates as a business. So you have to have these core principles in place to make sure that you are doing the right thing. You do right by people. You are honest. So that way you're not being accused of wrongdoing or, you know, being corrupt. That's the last thing that black people need is an organization like Black Lives Matter to be accused of wrongdoing, to not be honest. That's the last thing that black folks need. So just like the scene in American Gangster at the, at the diner in business, you have to live by certain principles in order for your business to be successful. If you do not have these core principles in place, your business will fail. And this is what we're seeing from BLM right now. They're failing. Welcome back to another episode. Um, before I get into the conversation about the new Rico, um, I wanted to first talk about this article. Uh, this, was, this was from the uh, New York Post. Um, it's titled Tax Filings Reveal How BLM Co-Founder Spent Charity Funds. So BLM is in hot water. And people are beginning to question, where is the money going to? How is the money being spent? That's the biggest questions. Because once again, we see how a black organization that claims to be helping black people is showing that they're taking advantage of black people, that they really don't care about black lives like they say they do. So that's what we're seeing. So in the article, it says a uh, Black Lives Matter co-founder Patrice Cullors used charity funds to pay her brother and child's father uh, sums of cash for various services, according to tax documents filed with the IRS. The co-founder's brother, Paul Cullors, saw a cool sum of $840,000. Now, why would he need that much money? And it says for security services. Okay. It says, meanwhile, the organization paid a company owned by Damian Turner with whom Colors has a child with. It paid him $970,000 to help produce live events. Now, why? I don't know. If this is for black lives, then why come the money is not being spent to help black lives? That's what I don't get. It says on uh, on top of the controversy, BLM wrapped up his physical year, which runs from July 1st of 2020 to June 30th of 2021 with a stunning 42 million in net assets, it says. The foundation had a budget, a operating budget of about $4 million, according to a board member. More than $37 million was spent by the foundation on grants, real estate, and charter on private flights, according to the tax filings. It says, what's more, $32 million was invested in stocks, making up nearly a third of the $90 million the organization received in donations. 
the investment is expected to become an endowment in a bid to ensure the foundation work continues in the future, organizers say. Now, a form the 990 document and annual filing required for nonprofit organizations to uh, maintain their tax exempt status shows colors reimbursed the organization $73,000 for a charter flight. So you kind of get the picture that her brother, the father of a child, um, you reimburse the organization money is not looking good. So black people cannot afford to have a organization name black lives matter to misrepresent black people and not manage the funds the right way. It shows that they do not have the people in the right positions to handle the money. It's not being handled the right way. And we're seeing this. It says BLM insisted she took the flight in 2021 out of concern uh, for the COVID-19 pandemic and health risks that come with it. Colors found herself in hot water after receiving a cool $120,000 for undisclosed consulting fees by BLM. So it's one thing after the other. As a result, uh, you saw Patrice Colors resigned because people, people began to question her lavish lifestyle. How can you be living like this and you claim to be for the lives of black people? And what's crazy is that even black people began to still defend this, this fuckery. That it's okay for her to buy a home in L.A. for $6 million. That's okay. In the article, it, it also says this. She hosted a Joe Biden inauguration party for about 15 people, including BLM chapter members and other key allies of the organization. So you mean to tell me that you got that close to Joe Biden? So close you hosted an inauguration party for him, and yet there has yet to be any law passed that would benefit black people. Not one. So that lets you know is BLM really for black lives because people have questions and concerns about this. It looks like they are not doing the job that we thought that they, that they would do. So here's my first question. Should the leaders of BLM be allowed to live good? Not saying they have to go, go out and buy a home that's $6 million. Every single person has the right to basic food, water, shelter, clothes. That's it. But that does not mean that you take advantage because white people are doing it. That's the argument that I hear is that. So what she gave her brother this money, you know, her father, you know, this money. We always see white, white people take care of their own. Why can't we take care of our own people? This is the argument that I hear. So what we're saying is that we would look past racism, equality, everything else, just to be able to write off being responsible, being accountable, 
holding BLM responsible, holding them accountable. You always hear the argument about how, well, once Joe Biden was elected, we're going to hold him accountable and make him responsible. Well, this should be the same case for BLM. But we're willing to look past that just because white people do it. Next question. You cannot have your, an organization like BLM, Black Lives Matter, mismanage funds. It cannot happen. You have to be honest with those same people that you claim their lives matter. You have to be honest with them. If anything, black organizations like BLM owe it to black people to be more transparent and show that they are trustworthy. So they're not being accused of wrongdoing. We're seeing right now what's what's happening. BLM is being accused of wrongdoing. So they're they're uh, showing that they cannot be trusted. They're not trustworthy. They are deceiving people. They're lying about certain things. And people have the right to question that. And you cannot look at black people and say, well, what about the white people? That's our main argument. All the fucking time, we, we will look at white people and say, what about them? Just so we can get away from being responsible and being accountable. Okay, so being trustworthy, being reliable, being dependable. It's very important that you understand this shit. And last thing is this. Why do you think that somehow people want to discredit BLM? How? Why? You're seeing BLM discredit themselves by how they are not able to manage money. So this is not no fucking co- um, COINTERPRO. It's not that shit. BLM cannot handle the money the right way. The people that's in charge of being able to run the organization, they're not able to handle the money. So this is not no fucking conspiracy theory. That somehow BLM is is being targeted. You know, they're trying to be discredited. It's, it's not that. And last thing is this. How black folks run a business should be the exact same way as how white folks run a business. If we're talking about corruption and wrongdoing, it's the same thing. So if you're saying that if white people do it, then we should be able to do it too. That means we're okay with corruption and wrongdoing and not holding people accountable and not holding them to be responsible. It's the same thing. So that means we're no different than white folks. And BLM is an organization that claims they're fighting white supremacy. And you got black folks agreeing that, well, if other white organizations can get away with being corrupt, why can't BLM? We're saying we're no different then. All right. So in 1970, uh, the RICO law was passed. Uh, it was created to allow the government to crack down on the mafia. 
Okay. Um, Rico was named after a character played by Edward G. Robertson in the 1930s film, uh, gangster film, Little Caesar. Okay. Rico stands for Racketeer Influence and Corrupt Organizations Act. Okay. In the 50 years since it, uh, since it first passed, it has taken down mob bosses accused of acting as a criminal enterprise. Okay. Increasingly since its inception, the law has been interpreted in a variety of ways to allow it to be used against a wide range of organizations. So any group, for example, now, any rapper that comes out and they call themselves, for example, YSL or any, any group. All right. And it comes out that the main rapper, the leader of the group, uh, he is involved in criminal activity. Uh, and this group is acting as an organization. Um, whatever crime they, they pin on the, the, the main guy, everyone within that group, that gang goes down. Okay. The terms of the Rico law enabled prosecutors to tie numerous crimes together into one case. Okay even if they have covered an extensive period of time by combining individual crimes into a broader context, law enforcement has been able to pursue those in charge of an organization rather than those who report to them. Okay. Who are not the ones ordering that the crimes be committed. In this case, young thug was the one that was responsible for uh, ordering certain things to be done. So this is why he got hit, hit with the Rico, okay? Rico's use against the mob makes perfect sense. It allows the, the pursuit of a mob boss who orders underlinings to commit crimes in furtherance of the organization, but who hasn't personally pulled the trigger, okay? Set a fire or committed a burglary. It has been used against those who were involved in the uh, BP oil spill in the Gulf of Mexico, as well as uh, to pursue those who conspired with any crime. Okay. There have been several notorious RICO cases over the years, including those outlined here. So the first time that RICO was applied was nine years after the law was passed when the government went after the Hells Angels bike gang, uh, though they were originally acquitted. Um, Prosecutions have been successful. The head of the Genovese crime family was prosecuted on racketeering charges in 1980. Um, over the years, the government was able to use the law to pursue over a dozen of the most notorious mob families in the country, including the heads of the five mafia families in New York City who were convicted as a coordinated enterprise by the Southern District of New York, it says. Um, in 2019, a group that organized a campaign against Planned Parenthood was convicted of RICO violations involving violating both federal and state laws in an effort to bar access to reproductive health care. But this conversation is about RICO and it's now its involvement with hip hop and rappers and how it's going to be so devastating that they're going to make so many examples of these uh, these young black men, black men in, in general, the ones that are in gangs, throwing up gang signs, they have guns. They're going to go after a bunch of these rappers and 
put them in prison for a long time just because they're associated with the gang. And you can't do both. You cannot be a rapper and also be a part of a gang and somehow be involved in criminal activity. Okay. So before I talk about the Young Thug uh, case, uh, this article comes from the wrapup.com. <clears throat> it says Casanova pleads guilty to racketeering conspiracy drug charges. So back in the day, you had something called a studio gangster, right? So a studio gangster was someone who wasn't really a gangster. Now, they may have been in the past, but what they did was they got away from that, that life they used to be in. And now they have transitioned to becoming a, a rapper, a hip-hop artist. That's it. Now, they rap about what they used to do, but they don't do it no more. In today's hip-hop world, rappers really want to rap about what they actually do. And they think they can do both. They think that you can sell drugs, game bang, rob people, do everything else, and still be a rapper and not be arrested and put in jail for it. You you can't do both. It's like 50 Cent. 50 Cent in the past sold drugs. But he could not still sell drugs and still be the rapper known as 50 Cent. He had to get away from that past and turn over a new leaf. This is what you have to understand. So in the article, it says that uh, the Brooklyn rapper whose real name is Caswell Sr. He admitted to shooting someone at a party back in July of 2020 over a gambling dispute, it says. According to the U.S. Attorney for the Southern District of New York, he also admitted to a 2018 robbery in Manhattan in which a member of his entourage choked a woman unconscious after she recorded him on her phone and also conspiring to distribute over 100 kilograms of marijuana. Casanova, who has a leadership role in the untouchable Gorilla Stone Nation Bloods gang, uh, it says cop to um, racketeering and narcotics charges in U.S. District Court in White Plains. He faces a maximum of 60 years in federal prison with a mandatory minimum terms of five years when he is sentenced on December 6th. The previous charges of attempted murder and assault with a dangerous weapon were dismissed. So you get the point. You can't do both. It's impossible to do both. You cannot be a rapper, rap, and still do the same things you rap about. You're going to go to fucking prison for it. This is a fact. So this is why they're going to target a lot of the rappers. Like I was um, the interview with the DA from Fulton County in Georgia. She talked about this and she talked about how they're going to target anybody they see is a threat and they're causing issues in their county. People deserve to live a safe life, free from drugs and crime and gangs. They don't want that shit in their county. And I, for one, agree. People shouldn't have to uh, to live around people that's committing crime because this is what they like to do. You don't want to work. You want to do something else that's criminal. So, so those people in that city, that county, have every right to want to clean up what's going on. And I, for one, I'm glad that they're going to start targeting and locking up rappers for this shit because it's, you, it's impossible to do both. You just can't do both things. 
So let's uh, discuss now the Young Thug story. So this article says, uh, rappers and Ricos have laws created to take down the mafia or destroying hip hop, it says. So the Rico charged a rapper's uh, most nightmare or worst nightmare. Uh, Meek and Drake even warned the rap world in 2015 with their hit song Rico not to play with those Rico cases, it says. Um, it seems recently more and more rappers are being hit with Rico charges. So they're going to go after rappers. They're going after the young black youth. Um, on Monday, May 9th, Atlanta rapper Young Thug, born Jeffrey Lamar Williams, was arrested and charged with conspiracy to violate the Racketeer Influence and Corrupt Organizations or RICO Act, citing his participation in street gang activity. Williams and 28 members, 28 members of his YSL team were named in the indictment, including popular Atlanta rapper Gunna. It says, um, I know you may be asking, how can so many people be arrested for the same offenses in one big arrest party? To understand RICO charges better is let's take a look at what they actually mean and how they transform from a law to stop mobsters into one that puts rappers behind bars, it says. So this article says, uh, rappers and Ricos have laws created to take down the mafia or destroying hip-hop, it says. So the Rico charge a rapper's uh, most nightmare or worst nightmare. Uh, Meek and Drake even warned the rap world in 2015 with their hit song Rico not to play with those Rico cases, it says. Um, it seems recently more and more rappers are being hit with Rico charges. So they're going to go after rappers. They're going after the young black youth. Um, on Monday, May 9th, Atlanta rapper Young Thug, born Jeffrey Lamar Williams, was arrested and charged with conspiracy to violate the Racketeer Influence and Corrupt Organizations or RICO Act, citing his participation in street gang activity. Williams and 28 members 28 members of his YSL team were named in the indictment, including popular Atlanta rapper Gunna. It says, um, I know you may be asking, how can so many people be arrested for the same offenses in one big arrest party? To understand RICO charges better is let's take a look at what they actually mean and how they transform from a law to stop mobsters into one that puts rappers behind bars it says so to reiterate what i was saying about rico so um rico stands for racketeer influence and corrupt organizations okay it's a u.s federal law that was primarily used in the 1970s to prosecute mafia and mob bosses the law prohibits prohibits individuals or organizations known as racketeers from conducting organized criminal acts known as a racket as part of an ongoing criminal enterprise the charges come with a wide variety of criminal offenses ranging from kidnapping and murder to more white-collar crimes like bank fraud and money laundering where it gets interesting is the law allows federal authorities to charge individuals or groups of individuals even if they didn't commit the racketeering acts themselves it says and the penalties are even scarier. If convicted, each count could get you up to 20 years to life in prison, depending on how serious the charge is. 
Remember, that's for each charge. Okay. Let's say, for example, there are 10 people in the game. Three commit arson to collect insurance money for the gang. Three other people do a murder for hire for the gang. Two people do a carjacking. And two people use the, the car they jacked to commit a robbery at a 7-Eleven. The feds now can charge all 10 people with arson, murder, carjacking, etc. So that, that means every single person goes down for the same crime. It don't matter who did it. It's the fact that you're a organized, a criminal enterprise and criminal organization. So everyone goes down for the same thing. Everyone. So that's Rico. So in, in, in hip-hop culture, for example, we know for a fact gang culture is a part of hip-hop. It's a part of hip-hop. is like it's, they're joint at the hip. It cannot be separated. Gangs, drugs, murder. Uh, this is a part of hip-hop music. You cannot get it separated. The only way to keep it separated is to talk about something else other than gang, drugs, and murder. But we have seen over and over again, it's very hard to do that. It's, it's very hard to separate gang culture and hip-hop because everyone wants to talk about gang banging and what they do. So it's sad, man, but it's a part of hip-hop music. And sadly, many rappers come from worlds where gangs are the only thing they know. They, they, they never had any positive male influences. So gangs, drugs, this is what they know. This is what they rap about because this is what they see. But often I have seen this too as well. Even black kids who come from a good neighborhood, a good home, they still gravitate towards the whole gang shit because it's what's popular. You know, it's what's sale. So when you look at Rico right now and how it's going to affect hip-hop music, you would think that, well, you might want to change what you rap about. Don't rap about gangs, drugs, and, and what you do because it's going to get you locked up, right? You would think that people would change that, but unfortunately, hip-hop music has not changed that because this is what sells. This is what sells in, in records. So, for example, um, back in 2014, rapper Bobby Shimurda, and 13 GS9 members were arrested and charged with what? Conspiracy to violate the RICO Act. The crew faced 101 charges, including narcotic sales, murder, assault, weapon possessions. In 2016, Shimurda and four other co-defendants took plea deals and were sentenced to seven years in prison. In 2019, Takashi 6'9" was arrested and charged in a RICO case for his affiliation with gang associates in the non-trade gangster bloods. In May of 2021, rapper YFN Lucci and 11 other associates were charged in RICO cases. So you get the point. At what, at what point do you keep it separated? So when you look at hip-hop music, man, and rap music, uh, the rappers have to be responsible and accountable about what they rap about because it affects the youth. I guarantee you this, man. If the rappers rapped about something more positive, it would change the vibration of the children of the youth. I guarantee you this shit. 
I'm sick and tired of seeing these guys in their 40s and 50s rapping about the same shit that, that they were rapping about in their fucking 20s. They have not grown up. It's embarrassing. You have to be able to change the vibration so black people can respond in a different way. For example, in Buffalo, when that shooting happened, when that white guy drove three to four hours to a supermarket to, to kill black people, black people didn't respond. There was no response. There was no protesting. Black Lives Matter didn't show up. There was no cry for, uh, let's get an anti-black hate crime bill pushed. Nothing. It was complete silence. And that's the impact hip-hop can have on the, the so-called culture. If there is a culture and it, and it exists, which I don't believe a culture exists. Then another shooting happens in Texas. All of a sudden, people now crying about it, whining about it, not knowing that gun laws will never change in America. And that's the truth. Guns and God go hand in hand when you look at white society. It goes hand in hand. Guns and God. Guns is the power. No different than God is power. That's why they put them together. Right? In America, the dominant white society must have guns to maintain control over people. If they don't have the guns, they don't have control. That's how America was conquered the first time. It was through weapons. It was through war, bloodshed. That's, that's, that's what guns mean to white society in America, and that's why gun laws would not change. They would not ban the, the AR-15. Gun laws would not change because guns in God is the exact same thing in the dominant white society. It's the exact same shit. You cannot get around it, and that's a fucking fact. So people can cry all they want to about the gun laws. It is not going to change. But back to what I was saying about the vibration must change. The youth are not going to make it. They're not going to survive. Unless the older adults set the example. They be the example. They stop talking about this bullshit that's putting these kids in prison and they're getting killed. They're committing crimes. The vibration has to change. Like I said earlier, you cannot do both. You cannot be a fucking rapper and rap about drugs and guns and, and game banging. You can't be both. You have to have the two separated. You can talk about it, but not in a way that means that you have to glorify it as if it's cool. No, you tell the truth in what happens when you murder somebody. You sell drugs. And, and, and how you have a target on your back. Law enforcement are after you now because you're committing crimes. No, in hip-hop, it's glorified. It's seen as a badge of honor to go to prison for some stupid shit. And this has to stop. That's, that's why I say the vibration has to change in order for the youth to have a fucking future. Once again, thank you for being able to tune in and listen to my podcast. No one watches regular news hosted by me, Kerry Bogar. Stay tuned for the next episode. Mm -hmm.